When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Vice. As I've said before, technical difficulties have been causing us to have some issues, but don't worry, we're back, we're here. Uh, I am uh, making it through some of the, the, the work problems and we'll be back to full strength soon. And while we're at it, we're trained to become Super Saiyans here. And while we're doing that, let's talk about uh, two AFC teams, right? Because uh, why not just do two AFC teams? Not even in the same division, no. If you if you check the title, it says the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. That's right, Marilyn Manson's favorite team. Uh, it's what he stylized his band off of. Not Charlie Manson, no. He, they don't like Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson's favorite team, by the way, the Giants, strangely enough. Anyway. Yes, we're going to do the Colts. We're also going to do the oh, uh, oh, no, you can't say it, Walter. Don't say it. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. The Oakland Raiders. It's not the Oakland Raiders. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, fine. It is the Las Vegas Raiders. And, yes, we are doing the Vegas Raiders. But before we get to the Vegas Raiders and uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock and, and their lovely TV crew of staff, we are going to do the Indianapolis Colts because I said that first. Ha, ha, he, he, doo do. bye-bye. Anyway, so the Colts, right? No first-round pick. No, what did they do? They traded their first-round pick. They said, we signed Phillip Rivers. We've got Jacoby Brisket. And now we'll trade our first-round pick so we can get, not a quarterback, a D-tackle. His name, DeForest Buckner. Yay! Yes, they signed, They trade for DeForest Buckner. Give him a long-term extension. Now they feel like their defense is ready to compete. Compete! I like it. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I think it's the best move in the world. But if you are saying, like, listen, we got to win now, we want to make it to the playoffs, we see everybody else is weak, right? They're, like, looking around. They're like, wait a second. We see uh, we, we see the Texans, right? We think we're better than the Texans. We got Phillip Rivers. We You know, he's old. We probably only got two years with this guy. Let's get him in, get him out the door, and uh, let's try to win now with him, right? So, yes, let's talk about their draft. Well, Then we'll get into their roster construction. So, yes, no first-round pick trade that the, the San Francisco 49ers. And now they only have two second-round picks and a bunch of other picks as well. But let's go to the two second-rounders since that's kind of where we're starting from. First pick, right? Pick 34, second pick in the first, uh, second round. They got from the Washington McSnyder team, right? They got that from uh, last year's draft and the trade-up for Montez Sweat, uh, the sweatiest defensive end in the NFL. It's true. You, got, you can look it up. That There's stats on this. They keep records, everybody. So, yes, they go ahead and uh, they have this extra second-round pick. Very high because the Washington team was not that good this year. That's why they got Chase Young. So, uh, what do they do with that uh, pick 34? They draft Michael Pittman out of USC. Big, strong, elk of a man. Dude, I love this guy, man. He reminds me of Mike Williams, man. He, he big, he's strong, he can get up and get it, man. He's a decent dang route runner. They like him, too. Uh, by the way, more along my, uh, my taste of uh, – guys I, I just think like we saw them last year go ahead and uh attack and go get uh Devin Funches right and Devin Funches didn't really work out there uh this is the kind of guy this is what people thought Devin Funches should eventually be he's already that he's that and a bag of chips this is this is Michael Pittman Jr. and scout the scouts like him this is like a universal consensus pick right this is essentially their first rounder because they had this extra second rounder that was so high. So what do they do? They go ahead and they take Michael Pittman. And like I said, they all ha they had strong consensus on him. They all believe he's going to play split end in their system, right? That's the guy who lines up on the line of scrimmage. That's the receiver who lines up on the line of scrimmage. 
uh, also called the X, right? not not your ex from high school. No, your ex in the NFL. Uh, who knew you'd be both playing there? And they said he's got everything. He's got side. He's got strength. He's got speed. He's got good body quickness, right? He's a, not quickness like a route. Not quickness like Adam Thielen quick, but like good body quickness, good ability to maneuver his big, big elk of a body. I'm telling you, man, this is like if they gave an elk hands and he just stood on his hind legs and was like, "I'm gonna go at the ball. Thank you." Um, he's just that good. I like I like Michael Pittman a lot. I liked watching him. Uh, they they uh, Reich was saying like you know we were watching tape of him and we were watching him run routes in uh in college that we do in the NFL that we can we can ha- we have a vision we see it we see where we can utilize him. Uh, and they loved him in plays downfield. He kind of, like I said before, reminds me of a guy that uh Philip Rivers used to play with, Mike Williams, just gonna go up and get it. And uh, he's gonna, uh, he's just gonna bully guys, and that's what he, he makes defensive backs look like children. Everybody, he's just gonna be like, "Get off me, you children! Children, get away!" So yes, Michael Pittman, USC. Uh, they, uh, you know, uh, Chris Ballard said, you know, he wins at all three levels. Yeah, uh, they had offers on the table to go ahead and trade down from th- uh, thirty-four. Uh, and when Higgins went 33, they said, no, we can't do it. We've got to take Pittman. He's right here. He's the perfect guy for our team. We need a receiver. Here's the receiver. Let's go get the receiver. And I think that totally made sense. I like the maneuver. And by the way, uh, I, I I think those two uh, receivers are very similar, and I think that's probably why they sat there and said, listen, Higgins was probably their comp, like their comparable guy. Like If they didn't get Pittman, they probably wanted Higgins. So when Higgins went, they're like, yo, we can't wait because this is the next guy of this style. That's that's the only guy of this style that's really, truly left that's this good. Like, I like Mims, but I felt like Mims was a little bit more of a project for some teams. I felt like some teams were a little bit worried. Baylor guy, not running the full route tree. He did perform at the senior bowl. We're not talking about Mims, by the way. They were worried, but I'm saying Michael Pittman is probably that. Like, there was a lot more to like about Michael Pittman as far as a finished product goes. So, uh... You know, they go ahead, they take him. Then, second, second round pick, they trade up. They trade a fifth round to the Cleveland Browns. This is why I like this pick. They trade to the Browns, right? And they tr- they draft Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, right? Ran a 4-3-9 at the Combine. He is a uh, uh, unique talent is what they described him as. Uh, they really felt like he made them better. Uh, ended up getting a fifth back later on, so the trade wasn't the worst thing in the world. Uh you know, he's the kind of guy, they looked at him as a guy who can turn a five-yard gain into a 50-yard gain. I like that. I like that mentality, right? We want a guy who's going to ba- break it and break it long. Um, doesn't add a lot in the passing game. I'm not saying he can't, but it just hasn't really been seen. The thing I was a little shocked by is it's a very similar style to Marlon Mack. And when I get into uh, rookie running backs uh, in in fantasy and just fantasy prospects, it's kind of weird that you took two. You know, you have a guy who's already kind of built like the guy on your roster. But keep in mind, Marlon Mack's probably coming up at the end of his deal at this point. One last year, they're probably going to let him walk next year, and they have the the next guy, the heir apparent, in the room. So this is where they're going for. Now they're in this mode to compete. Um, they they really talked about these two players a lot, right? These were this was the centerpiece. They're building this offense around Philip Rivers. They've got uh, a guy who's going to be a good running back for him. Another Wisconsin running back for Philip Rivers to have as a backfield mate. I kind of like that, right? Kind of just oh, we're just kind of recreate the Chargers from where you were before. So uh, yeah, they get ahead. They get Jonathan Taylor. They also draft safety Julian Blackman out of Utah. 
Uh, he, they said, you know, he's going to compete for a spot in the secondary. That was uh, their third-round pick. Their fourth-round pick, right? They spent a lot of time talking about this guy. Uh, day three, Jacob Eason. Big arm, has the ability to make all the throws. He's athletic, but not like super athletic, not Lamar Jackson athletic. Well, nobody's Lamar Jackson athletic except Lamar Jackson and maybe Kyler Murray, but we'll talk about that a whole other day. Um, Elby's athletic. In the, it has the ability to move kind of athletic, and that's kind of what they were describing him as. Doesn't have a lot of miles logged on the, on the odometer, right? Couldn't break the – probably because he couldn't break the roster in Georgia – and then when he went all the way to Washington, he went and played Washington for a little bit. And then he's like, I want to go to the NFL because I'm getting really old here. So I uh, he could have went back for another year. He didn't. Now he's going to compete with Chad Kelly and uh, see if he can develop. Uh, one of the things that one of the reporters brought up was that some teams were not super eager about him because of uh, they, they thought maybe he had lack of desire issues. And they said, and Ballard shut down right away. He's like, that's unfair. Have the league source say his name. No one wants to put their name on it. That's a, he does not understand. He understands his expectations. He's been drafted. Drafted as a fourth-round pick. He's not an heir apparent. They got, uh, he's not competing for Jacoby Brissett's spot. He's competing against Chad Kelly to be the third quarterback in the room. They really like Brissett. He'll be there for the year until somebody's you know starter gets injured, and then they trade him. So that's going to be how it goes. Uh, not looking forward to it, not rooting for it, just saying sometimes that happens. That's probably what they're thinking of. Um, then they went ahead, they drafted Danny Pinter out of Ball State. I, I've never been to Ball State, but I, I hear it's very sweaty over there too. Probably where Montez Sweat wanted to go to school. Instead, he went somewhere else. Uh, yes, they, 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 saw, uh, they drafted Danny Pinter in the fifth round, uh, played tackle at Ball State. Uh, they wanted to move up to get him, uh, spent about 30 minutes trying to, you know, talk to people, try to get up, and they found that he was probably going to fault him anyway. So, uh, you know, they had their first experience with this guy at the NFL PA game. He had a good combine. They continue to study him. They think he's going to be like a center or guard in the NFL. They don't think he's really going to be their tackle of the future. Uh, and, like, again, he's got a, a – they said blue character. I think they meant blue-collar character kind of makeup fits the culture. Uh, again, another player is going to add to this roster, help build out some depth on the, the O-line. Then uh, round six comes along, right? They go for Robert Windsor out of Penn State. Uh, Three-star athlete, analyzes everything to a fault. He was, uh, you know, a defensive line coach uh, at PSU, had said that, you know, he, he, this guy is analytical. He's going he's gonna to work at it. Um, now, actually, by the way, that D-line coach is the D-line coach at the Giants. Uh, as a redshirt junior, he bursts onto the scene with 11 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Uh, again, just uh, again, they're adding to the D-line depth. They got to kind of like build out this roster. This is what this is kind of like what Ballard likes to do. He likes taking these shots. He likes getting some picks. He likes going ahead and you know seeing like, all right, can this guy develop? Can this guy do something? You know, we saw the top end picks were really impressive players, right? And now we're into this middle round area of guys, and it's like, all right, we're trying to fill out the roster. We got to kind of create a rotation of guys. We got to build out depth, and that, and they, these are the guys who are high on their board. Uh, they went ahead and drafted uh, in the sixth round. They had three sixth round picks. They they drafted Isaiah Rogers at a UMass, uh, rare speed, explosive returner, uh, small side for NFL defensive back, but he showed some pretty good ball skills at UMass with 11 interceptions as a four-year contributor. So, again, another guy is going to compete to be on this roster to help go ahead and create the turnover machine, right? Um, 
you know, I think again, like they're they're clearing out a little bit of the old in this roster, right? That Malik Hooker, they didn't uh, pick up his fifth year option. Now they're looking around. They're going, okay. Uh, you know, they got rid of uh, Quincy Williams. They traded him to the uh, the Jets, right? Didn't even mention that. That was a trade that happened during the day three of this draft. Traded him to the Jets. Now they have uh, uh, Isaiah Rogers out of UMass. Maybe he'll replace him. Maybe he's more of a depth guy. Again, special teams contributor. They drafted De uh, Desmond Patman out of Washington State. Big receiver. Guy that's going to come in, compete for a role. They kind of like these bigger mixtures. Like they, they, they were talking about flavors of receiver, right? Guys, you know, this guy can go ahead and be the point guard. This is the power forward. This guy's the striker. I'm now using words that I don't understand because it's other sports. This guy bowls a turkey. Anyway, um... Yeah, so they're looking for different flavors of receiver. We see this all the time. You get a speed guy. You get a big guy like, uh, you know, you have T.Y. Hilton, the deep threat. You got uh, you got uh, Paris Campbell, another speed guy. You got Pittman, man. That guy's going to out-macho and out-muscle everybody. Kind of the guy you want on that line of scrimmage to go ahead and bulldoze the defensive back trying to press him. Uh, Den Desmond Patman, another guy who's going to probably be in the mold of Pittman. Uh, they go ahead and they draft Jordan Glasgow out of Michigan. Had 139 total tackles, 10 tackles for loss, seven sacks along the way. Uh, chess pieces as a, a defender has experience lining up all over the field, but he projects mostly to be used as like a safety linebacker hybrid in the NFL. Um, don't know where I got that from, but that's probably something that they said. And uh, Ballard Day Two press conference uh, went into the offseason with three major needs, right? They needed someone like Buckner. They needed a three-tech. They needed a D-lineman. They, uh, they needed to add some explosive playmakers. These guys are exemplary players, right? The guys who they added, Pittman, Rivers, DeForest Buckner, Jonathan Taylor, those four players are going to be the, the crux of whether this was a good offseason for them. Uh, they weren't forcing QB, right? They didn't think Jordan Love was going to be a QB of their future. They weren't going to trade up to try and take one of the guys who uh, were in the top five, right? No Herberts, no uh, no Tua's. They definitely weren't going to get Burrow. So they said, fuck, uh, let's go ahead. We'll get some tough, reliable guys. And uh, they, they made no effort and felt good about where they were at with 34. They never even tried to trade up, by the way. This is a rumor that was started. Everybody was talking about it. They were like, no, we never even thought about trading up. We weren't very interested. We were talking about maybe trading down, but we never back into the first round. We were comfortable where we were at, sir. So um, what do we do with, with this roster, right? They, uh, you know, moves in free agency, right? They signed Philip Rivers. They, uh, they still upset. They trade a first-rounder for DeForest Buckner. They re-sign Costanzo. Big deal, right? Keeps that O-line sexy. Keeps that O-line up. Keeps that O-line strong. So uh, they agreed to terms with Xavier Rhodes, right? They signed Xavier Rhodes after he was released by Minnesota. right? If you looked at one of our Looking Forward episodes, we were calling that from, like, miles back. So it was literally everybody else. We're actually we probably shouldn't be taking too much of a – but, again, we, but we had uh, also brought it up as well. I'm just sure others have. Uh, they cut Pierre Desaire, right? Guy who had played pretty well for him. They give him a deal, an extension, then they cut him. He goes to the Jets. Feels like all their corners are going to the Jets. Um, they signed Trey Burton after he was released by the Bears, right? Uh, you, they're planning on using him similar to Ebron, uh, maybe differently but similar. Like, because again, he's a little bit smaller than Ebron, not as tall, not as not as good uh, vertically, if you will. But, again, a very similar ca pass catcher role. And then uh, they also, like I said before, declined Malik Hooker's option. So this is a team 
that has a lot of intriguing talent, and they are here to compete right now while Philip Rivers is still alive, still running, and still good, right? And, and not letting his 32 children try to take him down, right? He's going to Indianapolis while they're all in Florida. He's like, listen, you guys go hang out at Disney World or Jacksonville or wherever you want to hang out, Florida, Bama Shore. Go do your own little uh, podcast and, uh, you know, hang out with your friends and don't join a reality TV show. And I'm going to be playing football uh, in Indianapolis. Hang out later. So look at these pieces, right? You know, offensively, right, Zach Pascal, they said they still have a, you know, a role for him. T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, those guys are all going to be, I think, very important to whether this receiving core is very good or good or blah, blah, blah. Uh, the running back room is pretty interesting. Naeem Hines, right? They were saying, listen, Phillip Rivers throws to running backs all the time. We wouldn't be shocked if uh, if Naeem Hines gets a, gets a 10-ball game in a given day, right? So uh, they also, uh, you know, they have Jack Doyle still, Mo Ali Cox, right? Great name. They, uh, like I said before, they signed Trey Burton. They still have Brissett. They still have Rivers. They still have Easton. They still have Chad Kelly. Very good QB room. Very intriguing QB room. Uh, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. They even have uh, Jordan Wilkins, who I would guess is probably not long for the roster because kind of like you don't need him with the guys you have uh, for the time being. So I, I can imagine he's not long for that spot. And uh, they also have Roosevelt Nix as a fullback. So, wow, they're going fullback mode here. Very nice, very new, very new reach kind of move, right? All right, that seems to be the style that everybody's going for, new fullbacks. And, again, this O-line is beautiful, right? Ryan Kelly at center, Quentin Nelson, Anthony Costanzo. Hey, Costanzo. Brandon Smith, man, that was a good one. I like that pick. That was a guy who not a lot of people were talking about. Uh, and, like I said before, uh, Ballard sneaks up, takes some guys. Defensively is really the question marks here, right? Because a lot of intriguing pieces, a lot of guys who, you, you know, have heard their names before. Xavier Rhodes, DeForest Buckner. Ooh, sexy men. Big, sexy names. Um, Buckner in the trade. Xavier Rhodes in free agency. They draft Blackman. They're, they still have Malik Hooker for this year. They have Rocky Sin from last year. Um, Carrie Willis. They got TJ Carey. Played slot corner for a bit for the Browns. And, uh, you know, just released this year. But not because he was bad, but because his contract was a little bloated. So that was a good pickup for them. They got Marvell Tell uh, at linebacker. They got Anthony Walker, Darius Leonard, Bobby Okariki, the guy who uh, Pat McAfee called his name at the draft just not that long ago, right? Bobby Okariki, back when he roasted all of Indianapolis. And he said, ah, yes. Uh, well, we're not going to get into that. Um, no, I, I actually like the roster. Uh Edge is a little questionable, right? They got Kamoko Ture coming back off of uh, you know ankle problems, but he looked like he was coming on strong last year. Big guy, Rutgers guy, Rocket, and uh, yeah, they also have uh, Justin Houston, right? Late stage Justin Houston's been pretty good for them so far. Um, that D line's pretty intriguing. I like what they have. Uh, ben Banigou, right? He's going to be in his second year. He's going to probably have to start performing as well. So they got pieces that are really, uh, I think, again intriguing very potent pieces uh d-line has some depth to it uh there's not uh, defensively i don't think they have a true strength like there's not a shutdown corner right there's not a bunch of good man corners there, you know guys who need to you know rocky sin needs to take a step forward xavier Rhodes has to be what he used to be 
Uh, defensive line's pretty good, but uh, nobody there who truly scares you per se. Because again, late stage Justin Houston, uh, you know Ben Banigou, we haven't seen much from Kamoku Ture. Again, intriguingly good, and DeForest Buckner is really the best part of this whole delicious D line. Linebacking core has been actually pretty decent for him, but that's usually not where your strength of your roster is, right? As far as defense. Offense is going to be where it's got to be at. They got to run the ball down people's throats. They got to do some play action. They got to utilize the the, the tight ends. They got to utilize Phillip Rivers as their uh, as their QB. So, I like this team. I think they are going to compete. I think they might actually win the division. Right? If Phillip Rivers is just Phillip Rivers of of your of just a year or two ago, I think that you will be fine. I think this will be an intriguing team that they definitely have to. I believe in Eberflus. I believe Eberflus will get the best out of the defense. I believe in Frank Reich being able to scheme up enough for Phillip Rivers to do what Phillip Rivers needs to do to make them win. And as long as T.Y. is healthy, as long as Michael Pittman plays where I think Michael Pittman can play and how well he can play, I think this is a very good roster. I think this is an intriguing roster. And again, that O-line is the best O-line Phillip Rivers has ever played with. So, dude, I am down for this team. I like it, man. I am rooting for it. Power up, Phillip Rivers. So while we're on the subject, right, we're talking about a former AFC West quarterback. Let's talk about an AFC West team that used to be in Oakland. But now in Las Vegas, right, we're going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, the Raiders. I'll tell you this much, right, press conferences and all. Probably the quickest ones I've watched because they have just been in and out. Like, I'll tell you. Mayock and Gruden do not want to be on the TV. They don't want to give anybody anything, which is kind of intriguing for two guys who used to be on TV, right? Have those personalities. So what did we learn from their job? Well, first off, they went ahead and drafted Henry Ruggs, 12th overall, right? First receiver off the board. This guy who dictates defenses, right? He's going he's gonna to make them go, oh, he's got speed. He's got power. He's got length, and he's going to go ahead and take the ball to the house. Now, yes, there's the, the worry that he's going to beat him over the top. And, you know, uh, people have made issues with, hey, you know who their quarterbacks are, right? Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, uh, what are the odds that they're going to be able to throw to them? And listen, Derek Carr's thrown some deep balls in his life. They're just not very often. He prefers the check down. But when he has guys he believes in, who he relies on, and I think between Tyrell Williams and Henry Ruggs, you got two guys who can play and really take the top off a of defense now. So you're going to have those two guys. You're also going to have Hunter Renfro. No matter what, like even like the weakest arm quarterback can throw a deep ball most of the time. In the NFL, you usually have that level of arm strength anyway. Like Gardner Minshew does not have a rocket for an arm. He throws a good deep ball to DJ Chark because he knows how to put air underneath it. So you just got to make the decision, right? So, And Derek Carr's got a stronger arm than Minshew. It's you have to have the willingness and the deep, you know, you also need the accuracy as well. So, But I also think that Carr does have that. I also think Mariota could probably do that as well. I think what the problem's been is that he's just not willing to pull the trigger because he doesn't believe in the guys around him anymore, right? He had, you know, at one point he had Crabtree and Cooper. Those guys were great. Now he doesn't have either of them. Now it's, you know, last year he had Waller, who got, like, a ton of catches, and Jacobs, who got a lot of catches. 
And that's why they went for this Henry Ruggs pick. They got two guys who are fast, two guys who catch the deep ball. And not only that, but Ruggs can also do, like, not just deep ball things. He's the kind of guy who it's like, listen, you get the, give it to him on a slant, he might take it to the house. So you have other options here that he creates for your, your offense, right? They're still going to have to respect the deep area of the field. They can't just go ahead and crowd the line of scrimmage. It's also going to open things up for guys like Josh Jacobs and Waller and Renfro. So if you want to play a lot of uh, 11 personnel or, you know, again, do a lot of play action or check downs to the running back or just run a lot of the ball, because, again, not for nothing, you, we talked about one team with a good offensive line in uh, in Indianapolis. Oakland's got a pretty good offensive line, too, and we're going to get to that eventually. So, uh, and like they said, his distinguishing factor, we made him stand out of the top three. He's got speed. He's got explosion. They talk about his work ethic. They talk about him coming from Alabama. And they needed to get faster on offense. He opens up the offense. You know, you can you can manufacture touches to him, get do some deep routes. Does a lot for them offensively. So remember how Oakland did that trade with Khalil Mack a couple of years ago? Of course, we all remember, right? It was a big deal. Well, guess what? They uh, they have that first round pick. They go ahead. They 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 decide to draft Damon Arnett, right, cornerback. I think their plan was to draft A.J. Terrell. There's just something about it, mainly because they seem to draft mainly Clemson players. Like, they draft other guys, but they like Clemson a lot. And I think there was definitely a target on A.J. Terrell's back. And when the when uh, Atlanta took A.J. Terrell, well, I guess Oakland felt like they were kind of SOL. And the next highest corner on their board was Damon Arnett, who... Honestly, if you, he, they took him in the second round, they probably nobody would be talking about. It. They'd be like, "All right, it was a weird pick. It wasn't a bad pick, but it was okay. It was whatever." He's a bit older as a prospect. He uh, he's from Ohio State, so Ohio State DBU, right? That's what everybody says. Played a lot of press man, but again, I think people, I think some people are worried again because you know, talking about an older prospect coming out into the NFL, and you're taking him in the first round, and he was like, nobody really thought of him as that highly of a prospect. Like, again, if you took him maybe top fifty or you took him in the second round, I, I think that's kind of where people were like, okay, like we'd get it. But first round, pick 19, and uh, they did an awful lot of work on him. Mayock spent a lot of time at the schools, took time at OSU, was there, and he's like, what distinguishes him? He can run, he's tough as nails, and he played the season with a cast on his arm, right? Uh, he can play outside, inside, he's competitive. Uh, they feel like, it, they don't feel like it was a reach. They don't, you know, they didn't have to initiate a, they did not initiate any calls for a trade down, um, but received calls. They wanted to take rugs. They could have traded down from 19. They didn't want to. They, you know, they feel like this guy's going to compete from day one. This is one of those things with Mayock and Gruden where he might end up being a decent player, so I'm not going to really like shoot down the shot of like him being okay. It just feels a lot like when they took Jonathan Abrams last year. Jonathan Abrams is a good player. But, uh, you know, strong safety in the first round, kind of a weird pick. Same thing with Jacobs. Running back in the first round, not a great pick. But, you know, as far as positional value goes and considering what you can be getting at those picks. Uh, you know, they got to see a lot of these guys. Both guys played a lot of games, uh, Power 5 schools. Um, they felt like the first round went smoothly. And, I, you know, there's some belief that this uh, this choice of draft was partially because, like, p picking Arnett, right? It's because... They did not have a second-round pick, and they would not pick again until the 80s. And I don't mean until the 2080s. I just mean 80s of this draft. Don't worry, they pick again. We talk about this team for quite a bit. Um, But 
and they felt like you know I think people thought like this is the, basically because they didn't have a second round pick they had this giant gap between picks. Arnett was the next best corner. They didn't want to miss out on getting a corner and taking some other position that they didn't feel like they really needed in this draft. I get that. I feel like it's weird when you draft for need this high um, because you run, especially like if you really felt like you wanted A.J. Terrell, it probably wouldn't have cost you much to jump the Falcons. And I, I felt like the Falcons were advertising A.J. Terrell for like a while. But we'll see what happens with that. Um Maybe they just really like Damon Arnett. Nonetheless, right? So they don't have a second round pick. They get to day two, and they pick quite a few guys, right? They, you know, their their main thing was they got faster on both sides of the ball, right? They're chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. They're temp- they were tempted to trade up. They also wanted to trade down and pick up some day three picks, so they trade back to one hundred and got a four, right? That um. So what happened, right? Pick eighty. They draft Lynn Bowden Jr. as a running back. He's going to be a running back for him. Uh, they did mention he caught like 60 to 70 passes in the last two years as a slot. Uh, but he's going to be like a joker in their uh, offense, right? He's got he's going to have multiple jobs, but he's listed as a running back. He's mainly a running back. He's kind of like a Jalen Richard or a DeAndre Washington, if you will. Uh, catching passes out of the backfield, maybe you line up in the slot, going to utilize and make some mismatch issues. Uh, they also drafted Brian Edwards at pick 81 out of South Carolina. He's going to play split end, right? That kind of makes sense. Like, that's kind of what he, he's perfect for, played in the SEC. Um, they want, you know, can win one-on-one matchups, want to get more dynamic on the offense. He's big, strong, can run fast. He's going to be a good pickup for them. Uh, again, now their receiving core got quite interesting, right? They got Ruggs. They got Edwards. Uh, they already have Tyrell Williams. They have Hunter Renfro. And I think uh, they... You know, this is a very intriguing receiving room now, right? Their biggest problem last year was they did not have receivers to catch the ball from Derek Carr. Well, now, Derek Carr, you ain't got nothing to complain about. You got a great O-line. You got a bunch of receivers. You got a good running back. You got a good tight end. They got a lot of pieces around him. So, uh, last pick of day two was uh, Tanner Muse, safety linebacker out of uh, Clemson, core special teams guy. Uh, ran a four-four-one. they said. Uh, he's been predominantly a safety, but they want him to learn how to play like Mike and Will linebacker. This is becoming a thing, right? We saw this before with other uh, safety linebacker hybrids, guys of a certain build and certain speed, because you want to get a guy who can play all three downs. You don't have to worry about sub packages. So uh, this this kind of made sense for them. These three picks, all about speed, a lot about power, about getting you know more versatile. All their picks have been a lot about speed. So, uh, again, very uh, – I think this is a draft that people – if it wasn't for the Arnett pick, people wouldn't be scratching their heads as much about it. Um, let's talk about the next guy on the board, John Simpson, right? They took him. Uh, they still have Gabe Jackson at right guard, but there's been questions of whether they move on from him. Uh, they, but they wanted to pick him. They, they almost were going to use their day two pick on uh, John Simpson out of Clemson because, again, this is also the Clemson Raiders and uh, they they ended up using a fifth to move up and get him. So I, I thought that wasn't a bad pick. You know, you're filling out through your guard room. Uh, you know, you probably could, you know, again, they have a very deep O-line. I never hate taking off, especially this area of the draft, interior offensive linemen was a good spot to take. Um, it seemed like there was a bunch of interior offensive linemen who went in this area, four, five, and six. So they went ahead. They took John Simpson. Um. 
you know, depth behind, you know, again, if they do end up moving on from Gabe Jackson, it's, uh, you know, uh, you now have a piece already built in that you've drafted, you develop, and you hope can replace him. So, uh, and somebody goes down, right? You have Richie Incognito, he's 129 years old, still being a brutal meanie in the NFL, just bullying guys and taking people's souls at guard. And uh, Gabe Jackson, again, like, you know, wasn't, wasn't from their guys' draft, so maybe they're looking to move on from him. They got rid of Coleccio Assembly last year. Maybe this year they get rid of uh, get rid of uh, Gabe Jackson. Uh, also, their last pick was a round four pick. They took Amik Robertson at Louisiana Tech. Competitive, tough kid. Uh, if he was taller, he probably would have went on day two, they said. Uh, he's going to play mostly nickel, but he did play mostly outside of Louisiana Tech. Uh, had offers to move out of that spot, could have moved down, but they had concerns about guys being able to make the roster if they did trade down, so they weren't really that interested in taking guys lower. So, And Amik Robertson, I think, was a good pick. I think a lot of these picks were actually really good picks. I thought they were uh, good fits for their team. Uh, they built up uh, a good uh, depth of players. The receiving core got a lot better. The uh, the 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 corner room got better. I mean, you hope anyway, right? Now they're going to have guys to go along with Trayvon Mullen, on, you're going to have Arnett, you're going to have Amik Robertson. After the free agency they had, which, okay, when you take this draft in accordance with the free agency, not that bad of a draft, right? Like, Because this is what I was saying before with the Seahawks. Seahawks did a lot of intriguing moves in free agency, and then when you add in their draft, you go, oh, this is kind of, they only need like this, this, and this, and this is kind of what they were targeting, and they got it, and they feel happy about it. All right, fine. It might not work out because they might not have been the best player on the board or best player at that position to you or me, but maybe what they were looking to do, this is what they like. Uh, free agency, they went ahead and they, uh, they signed Marcus Mariota, right? Compete with Derek Carr, maybe at least start out as the backup, but maybe he does to Derek Carr what Ryan Tannehill did to him, uh, and we've talked about this before. Nick Kukowski and Corey Littleton for linebackers, dude, two good coverage linebackers. That's actually kind of smart because the – the pay, the highest pay rate for a linebacker is still relatively cheap. So if you're paying through the you're paying and using your cap space on a linebacker, you don't have to worry about drafting them because also drafting them you're probably not getting them at a uh, cheap enough price where it's valuable to draft them at uh, at a high rent a high round right. You're, it's a I would kind of put it in the uh, scope of you're paying t- you know the would they pay Corey Littleton was like less than twelve million, you know. Kwiatkowski was even less than that. Both those guys are good coverage backers. Um, if you drafted a guy in the first round, you're probably paying him a decent amount on that contract. Uh, imagine uh, guys at the top of the first round. Now, they didn't have a top of the first round pick, but if you're taking a guy in the top of the first round, you're talking about like almost $10 million a year. That's pretty much the same price as paying one of these guys. So, Whereas if you take a corner in the first round, uh, corners make about $5 million more. So it's the the percentage of what you were using from that salary, if you will. So because the positional value of linebackers is so low, paying these guys a high-end contract isn't bad, unless your name is C.J. Mosley, in which case you got to pay a lot of money to be a linebacker. So um, they also signed Demarius Randall, uh, former safety of the Browns and corner on the Green Bay Packers. I like him. He's a good free safety. I think you you know you need guys in front of him. He's good, kind of like playing on the back end in space, single high kind of guy. Could also play slot corner. Can also play outside corner as well. But I feel like his best spot is free safety. Um, 
Nelson Aguilar they signed. Well, they did, and then he dropped the pen. Uh, Eric Cush, uh, for, again, former Brown and uh, former Bear, uh, play more of a depth piece on the O-line. Uh, Carl Nassib, they signed a lot of former Browns and Cowboys here, everybody. Uh, Carl Nassib's a former Brown, former Buccaneer. Uh, likes to talk a lot about uh, financials, everybody. He's a very uh, financially guy, financial dude, uh, very financially thoughtful anyway. Um, maybe not the best guy to take financial advice from, but he definitely likes to talk about it. Uh, this is what we learned from watching uh, Hard Knocks. In the last three-year, $25 million deal, he'll be shooting this, this stuff with uh, John Gruden. And, uh, again, so you got him. They also signed Malik Collins. I like that pick, right? Another D-tackle. Uh, they actually signed three Cowboys. Malik Collins, Jeff Heath, safety, and tight end Jason Witten, right? Two. Now they have enough. Uh, now they can just go ahead and announce Monday Night Football with uh, with Jason Witten and uh, John Gruden. You know, they can... They, they could just go ahead and announce while they're coaching. Well, I guess technically uh, uh, Witten's playing. He, he's a coach here. Come on. He's a player coach. So, uh, again, those pieces, when you take them into account, now there's not, like, again, like the edge rush is still kind of a question mark here, right? Nassib's not, like, a, a, a make-it-or-break-it player at edge. Um, same thing with Cleland Farrell. Uh, in fact, they're the the other uh, edge that they had drafted. Let me pull up their roster. Is it? Yes, Max Crosby kind of outplayed uh, Cleveland Farrell last year. Uh, D line, though, I like their D line. It's an intriguing D line, like everything else. They say it's intriguing. They got Jonathan Hakins, kind of the run stuffer. Maurice Hurst, good three tech kind of guy, very versatile, good at getting after the passer. Um. Malik Collins, now you get another guy who's going to fill into that defensive rotation. P.J. Hall, again, another guy who's going to be helping to slow down. The, you know, got another D-tackle, right? They got four D-tackles on this team who I kind of like, who probably be starters on any other team. Uh, Edge, they had Nassib, they had Farrell, they had Crosby, they had Arden Key. Uh, that was when I was a little shocked when I found out Arden Key was on this team a little bit, but not really. Thought he just phased out of the NFL like after getting drafted by the Jets in the third round last year. Uh Again, receiving core, right? They got Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, Aguilar, Renfro, Tyrell Williams, Henry Ruggs. Uh, that's a very deep receiving room. They are clearly sitting here saying, listen, we know what our problem was last year. It was receiver. We're making sure that's not a problem ever again. Uh, offensive line, good offensive line. Like I said before, probably another team that has this as a strength outside of the Colts is the Oakland Raiders. They got Cole Miller, Richie Incognito. Rodney Hudson, very underrated center, who they signed after he went hit free agency from uh, Kansas City. Uh, Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown, former tackle of the Patriots and the 49ers. They signed him to be the right tackle. He's been very good for them as well. Uh, Darren Wallers played really well for them last year. Maybe he'll go ahead and do that again, be their kind of big move tight end kind of guy. Jason Witten, kind of, I think he's more there to be a players coach. They still have Foster Moreau, Nick O'Leary. Um, they also, I, I don't know if you heard this guy, they, at quarterback, they have Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. They still have Nate Peterman. They just let go of Deshaun Kaiser because he's Deshaun Kaiser. Um, Josh Jacobs is the, the lead running back in that room. They just signed Devontae Booker to kind of be his backup as well, to go along with Lynn Bowden, Jalen Richard. Maybe I think they let go of Jalen Richard or trade him away. Uh, cause now you got a lot of younger guys in that room. 
And I like Booker. I think Booker's a, a, a fun, interesting player. I'm shocked. You know, I think he's more versatile. I think he's more of a runner than Rashard, but he's a decent pass catcher as well. I was always kind of waiting for him to pop. And, uh, yeah, I, again, like Tom before, oh, they also signed Prince of Mukamara, right? They signed him very recently. That was literally this weekend or last weekend. Um, Again, that was a uh, – that's another guy to add veteran depth to their their cornerback room. You know, if Damon Arnett does not, you know, instantly hit right away. Now, here's the thing. Damon Arnett and Prince of Mukamara are very different style kind of corners, I feel like. At least for Gunther's defense, I feel like Amukamara fits it very well. And Damian Williams, uh, Dar Damon Williams, Damon Arnett is, uh, I, I feel like, better impressed man but again, like he's gonna adapt to the system. There, hopefully, you know. Again, he's been playing it long enough that he could probably play zone as well. Um, just because the reason why you draft out of OSU is because you know they could play press man. That was kind of their reasoning as to why they took him. But uh, Gunther does not play a lot of man. He plays a lot more zone. So safety room still have uh, Demarius Randall, Jeff Heath, and Jonathan Abrams. Uh, uh, corners, they got Trayvon Mullen, Isaiah Johnson, LaMarcus Joyner, who's going to be their nickel corner, who is really more of a free safety, which is kind of weird that you're not utilizing him at like, his best position, which is free safety, and sticking him at nickel corner, where he really doesn't perform super well. So I like I like LaMarcus Joyner. I thought it was weird you signed him to that contract last year and you stick him at nickel. I feel like he's the better free safety on the roster, but you know, do what you will. Uh, and again, their linebacking course is pretty dang interesting, right? Corey Littleton, Kwiatkowski, uh, Nicholas Morrow is not really a big name, but everybody else there, man, this is a very intriguing team. Uh, I would not be shocked if they make a push this year because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of holes on this roster, right? Um, and it definitely feels like there's a, a strength to it too, right? Especially offensive line. Again, it's very these two rosters are very similar, right? Colts and the Raiders. Um, it again, both of them have two quarterbacks, right? Both of them have good offensive lines. Both of them have intriguing but not spectacular defensive lines. Both of them have decent defensive coordinators who can probably get a decent amount out of some guys that are on this roster. They both have good linebacking cores. And their corner situation, while not great, is kind of okay. So uh, as long as their corners hold up, I, you think, okay, maybe these guys can all play well and this team could be very good. Uh, the one issue I think might be is, you know, again, I don't think they are truly spectacular anywhere on defense, um, except for maybe down the middle, which actually kind of might be a good thing. That's, I think there's some evidence that being good down the middle is maybe better than being good on the, you know, try and make them throw deep if they have to throw deep and then try to get them to screw up. It's basically what I'm saying. Overall, both these rosters are playoff caliber rosters, right? They both have good running backs. They both have uh, quarterbacks who you've seen do it before. You've seen all these quarterbacks be good. Um, whether it's Rivers or Carr or Mariota, you've seen them be good. Uh, they surrounded them with weapons. Uh, I feel like the weapons in Oakland are, strangely enough, I, not as tried as, because like, at least in, in Indianapolis, they've got T.Y. Hilton. I, a very odd roster construction for... I feel like Oakland to an extent, uh, but again, like this, they they said, listen, we're going to solve this problem. So I I think both these teams, if if everything works like breaks right, I would not be shocked if either of these teams are in the playoffs. Potentially, I I don't know if they make it to the Super Bowl. Um, 
Uh, maybe uh, I could see the Colts doing it. I could see Oakland doing it. I just think it, you know, in the AFC, it's a very hard uh, conference, especially with the two with the team on top being Kansas City. You know, you're probably trying to shoot for a wild card spot if you're the Raiders. I think the Colts can win their division. But again, these both these teams have great offensive lines. Uh, like I said, I don't think there's a pure best D lineman. There's not like that that Joey Bosa kind of guy. But there's there's good players here. So I don't know, man. I like these teams. I think they're great. I'm very intrigued. Uh, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, death as in the end of life. Punch like you do when you at the gym hitting the bag. And when uh, and please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. Um, hashtag DraftVice. Um, thank you. You guys have been amazing, and TTFN, ta-ta for now. Oh, by the way, if you like these videos, right, you like the this team breakdown, I have other team breakdowns. I've done the Browns. Shocking. Uh, I've done the Ravens. Really? I've done the Bengals. Oh, really? Are you the Tiger King? Yes, so go ahead. Check them out. I have a playlist in the bottom. I'll put links to a bunch of the videos that I've already done. The Cowboys, the Saints, if you like... uh. If you like the cha-cha, I also got the Miami Dolphins and uh, the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And have a nice day. Since I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to